Welcome to the Success School Podcast. We are back from Bali. Super excited to record this episode for you guys. Steph, how are you feeling about today? Yeah, really, really pumped. It is a weekend. It is beautiful weather here. We've had a beautiful, relaxing break in Bali. And something that we are talking about today, we're really excited to bring this topic to you because it's something that we are personally working on right now. And I know you guys are always asking us, like, tell us what are the things that you're working on right now that are going to take you from where you are right now to where we want to be, which is a $3 million business. And so we are going to share this really cool process of deep work with you today. But before we dive in, Tim, Let's talk about your lesson of the week, which is a really good one today. So my lesson of the week, he's saying my lessons are not normally <laughs> good ones. I like this one. <laughs> my lesson of the week, guys, is to focus on your area of genius. When you do that and focus on the area of your genius, you will create results faster than doing things suboptimally in other areas. So I know you're thinking right now, what the fuck is my area of genius? And I'm going to ask you guys a few questions that you can ask yourself. So the first question here is, what do you love doing in business? So you can journal this one down. You can write it in your notes, whatever you want to do here. And the second question is, what do you do that gets the best results in your business? And the third question is, what do you do that drives the business forward? Answer those, and you're probably going to have a good idea of what you love doing in business and what is your area of genius. Steph and I have both been working on this recently. Mine is around the growth of the business, high-level strategy, um, team management, deep thinking, etc. So a couple of examples here. I can watch a training, build out the process, create training videos, and send to the team in less than 60 minutes. Therefore, that would be my area of genius. You probably might be thinking, that sounds like an absolute fucking nightmare for me, okay? If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably heavily into sales and marketing. I really like the strategy stuff like that, building up processes. That is why I focus on that as my area of genius, which drives the business forward. Steph? To be fair... That's not my area of genius, guys. Just to be really clear, like, it's okay if that's not your area of genius. It's definitely not my area of genius, which is why it's Tim's. He loves creating processes. He loves, like, simplifying things. He loves, like, finding, like, the loopholes and the fastest ways and the simplest ways to get results. It, he's actually literally a genius in it, and it's why I'm so very, very fortunate to be running a business with him. But one of the th – the, my area of genius is definitely more in the marketing space, the content creation space, the presenting masterclasses, that sort of stuff. And so what we found, and, and recently what we found, is that when I am in my area of genius, when Tim is in his, our business just grows so much faster. And so recently we've split up, because obviously there's two of us, which is so lovely, we've split up the roles so that it is like that. I don't do anything really strategic anymore, and Tim really doesn't focus that much on our marketing efforts too much outside of, you know, popping our ads in, which is super important, and also doing the emails. But outside of all that, all organic marketing, all leads, all lead generation, that sort of thing, like we we leave down to me. And so it's been really, really fun to to really both level up in our areas of genius. So being in your area of genius is what it basically means. And, and I just want to reiterate this is like, you just get to be good at what you're really good at doing. And when you look at 80-20% philosophy, you know, 20% of what you do is going to make you 80% of your income. So the, the thing that you're best at is probably going to make you 80% of your income. So by hyper-focusing on that, you're most likely to get results, right? Yeah, 100% agree. Steph, what is your lesson of the week? So this is really a really quick one. It's in the book that I've been reading recently, which is the one that's written by Oprah and somebody else. I'd love to say I know who exactly who it is, but I don't, around how to build a happy life. And 
there was a quiz in there that we both uh, took and it was really around, you know, what kind of positive and negative emotions you have. Now, everybody has positive and negative emotions and some people have more positive and some people have more negative. Um, and there's no right or wrong here, but it was really interesting for Tim and I to both take this quiz and realize that we are both really natural optimists and that more about 80 to 90% of our emotions are actually positive rather than negative. But there are a lot of people in the world who do have highly negative emotions and we need those people too, because there are songwriters, there are creatives, they're the ones that write movies, they're the ones that write poems, they're the ones that bring depth to society and and we're able to bring so much deep feeling to society. Whereas Tim and I are like, la, 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 we don't really like to play in those sorts of emotions. And I think it was just a really cool... I thought it was a really cool, and if you want to look into it, guys, just look up Oprah, How to Build a Happy Life, and look up the quiz that goes with it. It is such a really interesting insight into just how you operate in the world. So we just got back from Bali, and we wanted to share with you guys a new practice that we've committed to in 2024, which is helping us double our business and to do it in just four hours a day. Now, this concept is called deep work. And when we looked at this, and the reason we wanted to bring this to you guys today was because we were kind of self-assessing and having a conversation about this, and 99% of small business entrepreneurs do what we call shallow work. So this kind of work is like posting on social media, consuming content, engaging, sending and replying to emails. It's really those responding style tasks, which are usually revolved around social platforms. And while we all know that this is a quick dopamine hit and that it's, you know, it makes us feel like we're busy and we're being productive, we know that most of you are getting stuck in this sort of work and it's actually not helping you grow your business at all. So in this episode today, we are not only going to help you to find your own way of doing deeper work so that you can create more in less time. So get more success, create more in your business, get more work done in less time, but also to give you our exact process that's taken us years to develop on how we do deep work. So the concept of deep work, Tim, can you talk us through what it means? Yeah. So essentially it means that a lot of the time in life or, or business, we keep ourselves super busy and we tell ourselves that it's productive, but really it's not really needle moving. So most entrepreneurial growth or small business growth is very slow because we're doing surface level stuff. And if you go deep in anything or deep in any area of life, generally good shit happens. So deep work is the process of disconnecting from technology, reading, and reading and learning by writing and then creating space to action and implement that. Okay. So keywords here, guys, disconnect from technology. Okay. I know everyone has this obsession or connection or essentially this phone lives three inches from your face at all times, but you need to put the phone down in order to let yourself get creative, get thinking, give yourself space so you can create and think of deep work. I think in the 21st century, we've lost the ability to think. Okay. We, we haven't. Everyone knows the answers to their own problems, but rarely do we give ourselves time to disconnect and answer our own questions. So the concept is really about mastery without distraction. The faster you master the skill, the faster you will grow. The thing is, most people spend too much time with the distractions or the shallow work and don't spend any time prioritizing their own upskill and knowledge. Once you've mastered the skill, you can do it effortlessly, like riding a bike. Think about riding a bike. How easy is that for most people now? It would be, and your life would be very different if your ability to ride a bike 
was the same competency or skill level as marketing. Okay. So think about that in business. If you could market as well as you can ride a bike, you'd probably be a millionaire right now. The fact of the matter is most people haven't spent or committed the same amount of time they have of riding a bike than they have on marketing. And then they wonder why their business isn't growing. Anything to add on that? Yeah, I love that. Cause I think like if you think about it as a child and, and just to reflect back, cause I know that some people will be listening here, me is one of them, but thinking like, I'm not very good at riding a bike, but the truth is I could get on one right now and I'd be fine. I'd be able to go down the road. I'd be able to get where I needed to go. And the point that we're making here is like, when you were a child, you spent, I mean, Tim, I don't know how many hours you spent, but hours learning how to ride a bike. Like you were Mm. falling off, you know, from pretty much the ages of like three to like 12, you're just on bikes all the time and you're just mastering the skill. You know, you're doing wheelies, your, your, your training wheels are on and then they come off and then you start doing stunts and you're going downhill fast and you're learning how to use the brakes. And there's this whole process that you might not remember, that you might not recall, that might hopefully be coming back to you now that we're talking about it, of mastery when it came to that. So that now when you get on a bike, it's, you know, and there is a saying, like, it's as easy as riding a bike. You know, it comes back just like riding a bike. And it's that muscle memory. It's that responsiveness, that skill that you learn that just becomes subconscious. It's so easy to then, you know, demonstrate or to apply when you need it in life. If you guys were as good at marketing, and marketing for us is is pretty much that. Mm. Now, I would say for us, you know, we, we have mastered the skill of marketing. We're definitely not saying that we can't get any better at it. And it was something that we focus on all the time is learning new ways of marketing. But I could say that, you know, right now I could write 10 ad copies and 10 email marketing campaigns and 10 pieces of social media content in a couple of hours because it's a skill that we've mastered, right? And so, and it gets to be that easy, but it doesn't happen without putting in the reps. So Steph, why do entrepreneurs busy themselves with shallow work and what does shallow work lead to? So I think that a lot of entrepreneurs focus on shallow work because honestly, it's just easier, right? Like it's easier just to open your emails and it's easier just to look on social media. And, you know, it's it's easy to kind of get distracted by all the, I would say, busy work. But we need to break the belief that busy is productive because most people, if you think about when you have the best ideas as right now, as, as you, as the entrepreneur, the person listening to this podcast, most people have the best ideas in the shower or, you know, in their sleep or right before bed. People keep a notepad next to their bed or when you're on holiday. And there's a reason for that because you're not distracted when you're having those thoughts because you're giving yourself space and time to think. And that's when you have your best thoughts. That's when you have your needle moving realizations. I could count on two hands on, on, on pretty much all of my limbs, the amount of incredible mind blowing thoughts I've had in the shower and. The reason for that is because you give yourself the space. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my God, that's me, I'm telling you, you're missing out on the gold of growth because you're not giving yourself the space and time to think, to learn, or to create. And while most people spend all day in their emails, if you think about the people who are getting ahead, if you think about the people who are highly successful, they can barely be contacted. Like You can't find a contact point for them. So by allowing yourself to be in your emails all day, be busy, be easily distracted, you're doing the shallow work. Now, the other problem I see with shallow work, which I think is really problematic for society right now, is the fact that you're always looking externally for answers. And what I mean by that is, and we see this all the time, like people will jump on and ask a question in our Facebook group or even in our paid community sometimes where it's like, Hey guys, you know, where can I find this information? And I'm like, literally, you could find it on Google. Like, have you looked? Yeah, <laughs> have you like, looked? have you like, spent any time on this? Yeah, yeah. And I think that there is a lot of people who are just, who, who just kind of go externally. And this won't just play out in our, in our communities. Like this plays out in every part of your life. You know, it's like you're having a, a marriage problem. You go and ask somebody else. You're having a business problem. You go and ask somebody else. And 
I think that we ask too soon before we go inwards and figure out what the actual problem is and what outcome we want to achieve. I think if we just locked ourselves, if we had a problem and we locked ourselves in a room for two hours and we just brainstormed the problem out on paper and we just really self-assessed and went internally and really thought about what the heck we wanted and how we would solve this problem from our own integrity, from our own values, from our own standpoint, we would have much better businesses, much better entrepreneurs in this world. But the problem is that most people go externally first. And what happens when you go externally first is that you create thoughts, you create content, you create, you know, businesses that model somebody else's opinions rather than your own. So that's what I think is you know, the difference between shallow work and deep work. Tim, I think people kind of understand now maybe like why they should, like the difference between shallow work and deep work. But tell me, what is your current process for deep work and how do you structure your week in this way? Yeah. So we'll talk about week structure first and then we'll go into the nitty gritty. So currently Monday is a planning day for me. After all my planning's done, I'll get into a deep work session. Tuesday, I take completely off. So that's off everything because like rest and recuperation leads to better results in business. So if you think about any high level athlete or business person, they are taking full days off every now and then so they can re- rest, recuperate and recover. Then when Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are deep work days, and then Saturday, Sunday is is off. So what my current deep work looks like is I'll give myself three to five priorities for the day. Usually I'm answering a question or a problem or a process or something I need to build. I go hammer and tongs, which is slang for go as hard as possible on that to complete that with whatever resources I need. No looking at my phone, no looking at Instagram, no distractions, no getting up, nothing like that. I'm just getting these tasks, problems, things done as fast as possible in that period. Okay. So that's my deep work. The other way I do it is when I'm reading. So if I'm reading a book, I'll be reading with a pen and paper. So I'll be taking notes throughout and then I'll recite that back to Steph after the process with this is, is read, write, and then recite, read, write, and then recite the three R's with it. So Steph, what are the tools, hacks, and support for the deep work process? I want to touch on this. Tim is literally the best deep worker I've ever met, like so far. I mean, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, but Tim is such an incredible deep worker. Like he can literally lock himself in a room and come out and have built out. Like this this morning is the perfect example of this. I went outside and I wrote a couple of pieces of ad copy and, you know, created a new lead magnet. And in that time, Tim had created four landing pages, four ads, three new processes, rolled them out to his team, recorded looms, recorded videos. Like in the same amount of time that I'd done like three things, Tim had done like 10 And the reason that that's so impressive is because he has the ability to go super hyper focused and he's super hyper focused because he's learned to turn off his distractions. And that's what we're really talking about with this deep work is like, for me, I'm a really easily distracted person. So I'm going to tell you guys some tools and hacks here to support that deep work process because I find it really hard to stay, stay hyper focused on things. I get really easily distracted. Instagram is my number one distraction. No surprises. And so for me, it's really important that for me, to do deep work, I would have to have no devices at all. So two things that I need to get started is absolutely no devices and a pen and paper. And for me, it's also a book. The read, write, recite, that is something that Tim and I are really aiming to live by. So every day that we read, because obviously we're doing 75 hard, so we have to read our books every day, which is really cool. At the end of the night, we both recite back to each other what we've learned from our book that day. And it's a the, that's the process, guys. Like the process of learning isn't if you, you know, you think back to school, you think back to university, you had to learn it. Like someone would teach it to you or you'd read it or you hear about it. And then you would write notes and then you would recite those notes so that you could bring them into your memory 
And then you would be able to go and take the test or do the thing, right? That is the process of learning. And yet so few people are actually putting time aside to learn, you know, these skills, whether it's marketing, whether it's coding, whether it's, you know, the skill of sales or public speaking. So few people are actually spending time learning the skills. And then they're wondering year on year why their business isn't growing or why it's not getting easier for them. And it's because you're doing all the busy work where you're telling yourself you're productive, but you're actually not building the skills that, that you need in order to actually build a thriving business. So my tools and hacks, no devices at all. For, I, try an hour to start with, guys. Like you don't have to do it for, you know, many, many hours. My goal is on some days now, like two days a week to get up to three or four hours of this. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be really uncomfortable because my mind craves distraction and our minds aren't wired to think. Society doesn't really love it when you think. They want you to go and work a job and not think too much about the world. They want you to follow their order that they've created. And that's why only 1% of entrepreneurs will make it the whole way is because you have to force yourself to find a way to quiet out all the noise and think. So a book, a pen and paper, an open and patient mind. So be patient with yourself because it's going to be uncomfortable. Block out time in your calendar and then allow for an hour of power afterwards to be able to implement. So if you're going to follow this process of having no devices, obviously you're not going to be able to implement very much. So I would implement straight after. So just a quick story on this, guys. I'm going to absolutely butcher this, but there was a computer programmer, let's call him John Smith, and uh, he wanted to learn computer programming. So what he did, he went to the library, got all the best books on computer programming. He would read and recite every single day. He did that for six months without actually touching a computer. Then he went to an intensive computer programming course, which was a hundred hours for two weeks. So a hundred hours on each week. And he, he topped in the top 1% of that just by doing this read, write and recite process. And the fail rate was like 96%. He topped in the top 1% of that just by reading books. On okay? computer programming, which blows my mind because you would think that you would learn computer programming by being on computers, but he learned it with a book, with books, with with palm cards, and by reciting it back to himself, just like we did when we went to school. Crazy, right? Mm. Yeah, we, you know, usually we're not really fans of the modern education system, but you know, they do have the learning part down pat. What we did learn was probably mud, but, you know, like the actual learning process of it works really well. When I think back to, I went to uni and did two degrees, which was a long amount of time, but I was a great student because I could read, write and recite. And I was really good at watching lectures and then, you know, turning them and turning them into my own process. The thing is that I think, and one of our mentors actually shared this with me years ago, and I didn't really understand what he meant, but now I fully understand it. He said, most people... Uh, in a state of arrested development. And what that means is that, you know, that you stop learning when you finish school or when you finish university, you practically just stop learning. So after that, you might build some skill sets. Like if you're in your day job, you might learn some more, a bit more, but there at some point, most people get comfortable in their day jobs and they actually don't learn anything new. And that arrested development, that, that, that stop in your development, in your development is actually really is for a business owner is really dangerous because the minute that you aren't going forwards, you tend to start sliding backwards and it happens really quickly and it plays out exactly the same way in your food and your nutrition and your fitness. Like you stop going to the gym, if you stop tracking your food, if you stop whatever it is, over time, the bad habits are going to slip back in. It's human nature, right? And so all of a sudden you're going to be, you know, gaining a bit of weight, having some injuries, not moving as often. It's human nature. There's nothing wrong with you. It's completely normal. And so we have to prioritize just learning, even if it's a couple of hours a week, guys, but most people that we speak to, 90%, 99.99999% of entrepreneurs are not making time to upskill. 
All right, I got a challenge for you guys this week. This is before we get into listener questions. I want you to schedule in your calendar three one-hour deep work sessions minimum, and I want you to let me know in the DMs. Okay, so send me a DM on Instagram at Real Tim Frey. I know there's a shitload of you listening to this, so let me know. The first one, I want you to take a book that your weakness in. Okay. So what I mean by that is your weakness in marketing, your weakness in sales, your weakness in scale, whatever it is. I want you to find a book on that. I want you to read for an hour and write and recite. Okay. That's the first one. The second two, I want you to work on your business on tasks that will move the needle in your business. Okay. So three, one hours in the week. If you're doing it, let me know. And if you guys say that you have no time, I just want to argue that really quickly by saying you don't, you can't afford not to make the time to do this. So Set some boundaries with regards to your emails. Like check your emails twice a day instead of all day. Like close your email app. Don't get on. Like I very rarely check my emails. Tim is always like, hey, Steph, we had an email for our mortgage broker or whatever. And I'm like, oh, did we? Shit. Because <laughs> I never am in my emails. Guys. You have to turn off the bings, dings, and notifications, okay? You do not need to be in your emails all day. You are not available all day, okay? You should not be available all day. So find three hours and make this happen. All right. Into the listener question. So first one from Rabia. How do you do your market research? What things do you go through before you start lead generation or even content marketing? All right. So I've got five questions for you, Rabia. So the questions are, is there a need for the thing you're trying to do, aka the service and product you're trying to sell? Does your target market have the means to pay for it? Really important one. Third one is how hard is it to market? Like, does it have the propensity or the, you know, the, the means to go viral, which could help with marketing and selling it? Number four, how much competition is in that area? A lot of competition or a red ocean is going to make that very hard to do. The fifth question is technology going to kill the thing you're trying to do in the next few years? Some things you need to ponder and do your market research on. So they're off the top of my head. The next steps is I would try to sell the concept or idea to five to 10 people or your friends, see if they will buy it. That's a really good indication. A lot of times people won't even try to sell something to their friends. They'll start a business. They'll have no proven concept. They'll do no market research. And then they're going to waste six to 12 months just doing absolutely nothing and spinning their wheels. So I also think people neglect doing actually the thing that they need to do, okay, which is selling the thing, okay? Instead, they focus on building this, you know, website, logo, product. They they build all this shit out when in reality, they probably should have just started with trying to sell the thing to five to 10 friends. Then they'll have a good validation if this thing actually works or the business you're trying to set up works. So, Rabia, if you're listening to this and anything I said to you is speaking to you right now, I would probably just get out there and try to sell the thing more and market it rather than spending a lot of energy focusing on marketing research, etc. Then you're going to know. Even just try to sell this to a hundred people, not five. Just do, you know, 10 a day or 10 a week for the next 10 or 20 weeks. Then you're going to know if this has legs. And if you can't do that, the problem isn't the business, it's you. Okay. And I'm going to repeat that again. The problem isn't probably the business. It's you. Okay. And that mainly shows up in the form of mindset and limiting beliefs on why you can't do the thing. Steph. I mean, I think you've answered that perfectly. So I have literally nothing to add. All right. One for you, Steph from Jess W. When starting out a business, how long would you give an idea if you were going hard with marketing and it just wasn't going well a few months? I actually think that it's a bit like what Tim was just saying to Rabia, to be completely honest. I think that, you know, guys, I think that from the very beginning stages, you should know that there is demand for this before even going into business for it. <laughs> like, and some of the stuff that Tim said to Rabia makes perfect sense. It's like, look at 
look at industry, you know, projections for this year, what industries are projected to continue rising. Like there's no point right now, as an example, it would not be my recommendation right now to start a business in, you know, in a, in a, in an industry that is declining. Like maybe probably don't start a business in, I don't know. Fitness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe don't start a business in fitness right now because fitness, you know, there's, it's a really low barrier to entry. Everyone's starting a fitness business. Everyone wants to be an online coach. Cause I think it's going to be easy. Like, you want to look at the projections or the industries that are going up that are, you know, if you want to start a building business right now and you had the capacity to actually do it, you'd be phenomenal. If you want to start a trade business right now, you would crush tomorrow. Like there are, if you were in real estate, you'd probably still be doing very, very well. If you wanted to sell cars right now, incredible time to be in that car industry. So if you service any of those industries, you're probably going to do very well, right? And so I think that if I, like, I wouldn't, I would not, Tim and I would not go into an industry unless we knew it was on the rise, unless we knew it was an industry that was on the rise and probably hadn't reached its peak yet. Now you can do research around that. There is a lot of projections, a lot of stuff. Just go to Google, type it in, you'll find it. But I think that you should know that it's going to do pretty well. And then if you believe that it's a great product, a great service, and you know, it's in a rising industry, then at the end of the day, I'd probably give myself 12 months to get off the ground because if, it's not working. Like Tim said, it's probably you. You might not have the skills. You might not have the networks yet. You know, it's going to take some time to build some of that stuff. And if you haven't got all of that information in front of you, if you haven't got, if you don't have the skills to sell or to build or to market or to, you know, network, if you don't have the connections, if you don't have the foundation, you know, the foundation numbers in terms of money to be able to market it, like, it's going to take some time. I think you have to be okay with that. I think what we see a big problem in social media world right now, social media land, is that people start businesses and they expect to be fully booked in like a week. And it just it's just really unlikely unless you have been building all the skills for a long time in the background. So I've got two things on this. So everyone's seen a bell curve, or I hope they have. Steph, have you seen a bell curve? You know what that looks like? So like. essentially there's four stages to it in my business bell curve in my head. You've got the early adopters, you've got when it goes boom, you've got when it goes bust, and then you've got like the fanatics at the end. So if I think about this in context of my gym, there were a lot of early adopters in there at the start. Then it went boom and we went up to like 280 members in a small group training gym that was make that charged a hundred dollars a week. It's fucking, you know, crazy. And then, you know, throughout COVID we had the bust and then we, now we have the fanatics where everything is, is very easy. Even. You want to get into a business or you want to be in the business where it's early adopters and the boom. Okay. If you're in at the bust, aka F45 now or a lot of like yeah, don't fitness buy businesses, an F45 now. <laughs> that is not a good time to be in it. So you need to like logically step out of this and then just understand like where are we at in this cycle? Business, life, finance, real estate, everything is in cycles as well. Okay. Everything comes, goes, booms, busts. You just need to understand where you're at. The other thing is I'd probably give something, you know, like max effort, like 60, 80 hour weeks, going as hard as possible, learning everything you can, speaking to a hundred people a day, like ads, you know, the whole thing. And I'd probably do that for 12 months. And if it wasn't moving or I wasn't feeling momentum, I'd probably cut it. It's like a get out of there, sunk cost bias type thing. Like you're probably wasting your time. Like for me personally, I was, you know, I went 12 months, probably not giving it a massive effort in when I couldn't get clients. When I first started out in fitness, it wasn't the business's fault. It was me. Like I wasn't a good enough operator to have a fitness business that crushed. But for me, if I was doing everything and I was leaving no stone unturned, I would give it 12 months. Is there any time limit for you? Yeah. I'd say if I was doing that for me, I don't have probably have the, I probably don't have the balls to get up 
12 months. I'd probably do six months. And then I'd, at the end of the day, guys, like I would be getting, if, if you have been doing something for six months and you've been given it 110%, whatever that looks like for you. Some people don't have 60, 70 hour weeks. We get that. But if you've been given it 110% and you haven't seen a result, it's time to hire a coach because they're going to tell you yay or nay. A good coach will tell you yay or nay. They'll tell you, this is a good move. This isn't a good move. Here's why. Here's what we can change. Here's what we can try. And you can trial and error and, and collapse that time frame much faster because for me, six months would be where I would pallet that before I would move on to something else or tweak it to make it more of a heck yes for clients, in my personal opinion. So a little bit of a random question to finish up, and this is for Steph. We've seen a lot of this online at the moment. We've had a few, obviously, people speaking to us about Success School, and then just in terms of investing in other coaches and programs as well, which we are a big advocate for if you've done your market research and you know they're good and they can get you a result. All right, a little bit of a random one to finish off, Steph. What would you say to someone on the fence about investing in a coach? I've seen a lot of this on Instagram. Uh, a lot of friends of mine have asked me about investing in other courses and coaches, etc. I just want to hear your opinion. So I actually put something on my social media this morning a little bit about this, and it was basically saying like a lot of people I think get really frustrated with not being able to get the progress that they want in business. You know, they're really good at what they do, but they're just frustrated because they're doing so much of what they think they need to do and they're not getting the results they wanted. And I think that if you haven't ever had a business, if you haven't done business, if you haven't studied business, if you haven't, you know, studied sales, marketing, you know, all the skills that go into that for a small business, if you haven't done that legwork, then how the hell would you know how to run a business? If you haven't done accounting courses and, you know, looked at profit and losses and there's so many things, there's so many skills that need to be developed over time. Like how the hell would you know how to run a business? And and it's okay that you don't know how. It's like, you know, it's the same as swimming. It's the same as, you know, learning to drive a car. Like you won't know how to do those things until you actually start doing them. You're not supposed to be good at them to start with. But the fastest way to get good at them is to hire someone to teach you. Like you don't, you know, just dive into a pool one day and hope that you can figure out how to swim. Like you pay a coach or your parents pay a coach, right? You, when, when you learn to drive a car, you get in the car with somebody else who can drive so they can teach you. And business is really no different. Like if you want to learn a skill, you would go to university to learn a skill. If you want to learn how to drive, you would go and pay a driving coach to teach you how to drive. Business is exactly the same. And so and I don't understand why people are so unsure about investing in a coach because it's a skill that you need to learn and coaches who have done it and who have previous experience and have proven track records will show you exactly how to do it in the fastest way possible so that you don't need to waste four years on a degree. So if you're sitting on the fence about investing in a coach, I want you to see it just like any other skill that you've invested in in your life. Swimming lessons, you know, guitar lessons, uh, driving, riding a bike, anything that you've learned from somebody else, business is going to be the same process. Invest in a coach, you're going to get there so much faster. Just last thing to add, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but guys, if you hire a cheap coach, you're going to get shit, okay? Because anyone worth their skin is charging a decent amount of money for the advice that you want to get, okay? And you need to look for someone that has actually done it. And I mean like actually done it. You you Maybe you request their P&Ls. Have a look at people they've worked with. Go through reviews. Don't just invest blindly. I think the coaching industry gets such a bad rap because there's so many crap coaches out there just like spouting nonsense of stuff they have never done. They have to have done the thing. Really do your research. If you're thinking about Success School, do your research on us. Like, go hard. Like, have a look at my gym. Talk to people I've worked with. Talk to people Steph's worked with. Look at our business. Like, go really deep on it, okay? Ask us. Ask us. We're we're an open book. We'll share anything with you guys. Just, like, ask us. Yeah, so, like... 
for me, guys, if if you're on the fence, like it is honestly the number one thing that's taken me forward in my career and my journey. If I said to you right now, I'd like you to invest 10K in something, and then over the course of your lifetime, you're going to earn six, seven, eight figures, nine figures from that investment, would it be a good spend of money to you? Obviously, you're never going to make that type of return on any investment ever in your life. What is like a, a standard like S&P 500 payback? 10%, 8% on like, you know, if you invested 10 grand at 8%, you're going to make 800 bucks in a year. It's fucking ridiculous. Like it's not a good investment. You need to invest in yourself. That's the number one thing you can do for your success. And there is literally no one that's invested with us that hasn't made a return on investment. Like literally not one single person who has not made a return on investment. It is, it, it happens. And that skill you have for life. And so over the course of your life, you're going to use it so many times. You want to make so much money from it. It's actually insane. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the deep work episode. As always, guys, subscribe and follow Apply for Success School, www.successschool.io. Make sure that you enter on the application form that you heard about us on the podcast, or that was the thing that got you over the line, because we'd love to know how many of our listeners are actually converting over to Success School. Lastly, guys, if you got some value from this show, please share it with someone that would find it valuable. 60% of our growth comes from word of mouth, aka you listening and sharing it. So we would really appreciate that. And lastly, guys, leave us a five-star review. We're on the climb of the Australian charts. I think we're even in Ireland at the moment. So to our Irish brothers and sisters, we love you over there. And until next week, guys, thanks. Thank you so much. Audience exclusive.